actually going to play the music in here if it'll let me. Will it let me? Nope. It will not. That's part of the same problem. Um, okay, well, we'll Should just we have, sing it? We'll just have to sing it. I don't know the words. Oh, yeah! You're right, that is the only word is oh, yeah. <laughs> Everybody, welcome back to Peck Your Mics, the Top Chef podcast from the creators of Read and Weep. This is season 17, episode 8 of the podcast. My name is Alex, and I am joined today in Los Angeles by Megan. Happy Mother's Day, Megan. Happy Mother's Day, Alex. Thank you. And we're joined in Northern California by Ezra and Sarah and a show, Archibald. Uh, happy Mother's Day, you guys. Thank you. Thank happy you. Mother's Day. Uh, and in Brooklyn, New York, it's Chris and Tanya. Happy Mother's Day, Chris and Tanya. No, thanks. I had, and and you and to our audience, it will surely be after Mother's Day when this goes out. So I actually have to take a bunch of shrink wrap off some chairs, so I will be right <laughs> back with you as soon as I am done with that. Weird, because there's so many event staff that is doing everything else. No, the wicker waits for no one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the wicker it's waits for crest. no man. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. <laughs> Uh, and joining us, wrapping up the panel in also in Los Angeles, please welcome back new Sarah and Kyle. Happy Mother's Day, you guys. Uh, happy Mother's Day be with you and your spirit. <laughs> <laughs> and also with your spirit's mom. <laughs> uh, we had a reservation on Open Table. It's our 55th anniversary. <laughs> and you chose to sit hungry at a table for, for three hours. Yeah, for several yeah. hours, not, not counting filming time. Uh, we also have a hard 45-minute cap. <laughs> <laughs> Are you allowed to put that on any dinner, or is it only if you're Padma? Yeah, you can add a note. Please remind us. We have a show, you know, or whatever. Oh, you, can say, you, look, you can tell anyone right. in this world anything you want. It may or may not get you the effect that you're hoping for. <laughs> it, right. If you're not Padma, it might not mean anything to them. Yeah, right. You can say, like, like hey, Judge, I got a hard 45-minute out here, so... I did read a, a a blog from someone who had been at this Restaurant Wars taping at Con, and he said that um, they were like waiting for like two hours for food, and then Padma and everybody else shows up, and then basically everything in the dining room that is not related to the judges stops, and then of after they're done eating, like an hour later, then they kind of resume service. So oh, yeah, there's a that, lot of that waiting. Feels fair, yeah. Oh, for sure, yeah, fair. I feel like that's like that's the whole thing, though. Like that's what you have to expect. Yes. Oh, for sure. Yeah, they were not surprised. Yeah. It's just like I mean, we'd already waited for two hours. Basically, yeah, bring basically a granola bad. bar. <laughs> yeah, arrive having eaten. It's for sure. <laughs> it's restaurant wars. Arrive having had. So this is, as I said, uh, 17.08. This is the Restaurant Wars episode part two. We did the pitches last week, and the the deliveries from Bright Event Rentals have just shown up as the chefs have to open a pop-up restaurant for 100 guests plus judges in just 48 hours, including decor this time and um, some special ordering from different local cool meat companies, and no restrictions on the menu yeah. How many know. dishes do you want to make? Make those. So, yeah. It's really I, I wish they'd taken the no restrictions on the menu much more literally, where it's like the menu can be made out of anything also. You know? Like, <laughs> this is a, a hot rock menu. that we've printed. The yeah, menu like on. a rock you found. Yeah. <laughs> uh, a lot of places just like write the menu on the wall now. You could do that on like butcher paper. Mm -hmm. Write it on the floor. <laughs> oh. oh, and we like Indiana Jones: The Last Crusade, where you like you go up to the top part. It's like, where's the menu? And he looked down, and X marks the spot. Be real cool, real, real cool. Well, let's start. But let an me, Aramaic. 
Captain starts with an I. <laughs> There's so many good uh, things to talk about about Restaurant Wars today, but we should start with the choosing the team. So um, Beefy Knife Block came out with just two knives. Oh, yeah. yeah. The beefiest no, knife okay. block. Can we, can we just talk? Because Knife Block's getting a lot of action this Such season. Such a good knife love block it. Here. This could have been a coin flip. This could have been whoever actually won the pitch. But no, they're could using a Knife Block wrestling. for a onesie-twosie. And that's what, it. I like what's that. your favorite, going around, what's your favorite way to determine a thing between two two options? Tickle fight. <laughs> uh, I want to go with the old XFL kickoff where you have two people run towards a football. <laughs> <laughs> And whoever gets the football gets to choose. Okay, I like that. I'm uh, into that. I think Ke- Greg's faster, but Kevin would win that, right? Yeah, well, I, want, it, I want I want the dog that has to figure out who its true owner is. Like, oh my god, the Air Bud! <laughs> the Air Bud. <laughs> That's good. I always like I like a classic where one person says "caught" in the other per- in the air, and the other person says "it's a quarter." I always like that joke. Uh, <laughs> Bad joke. Yeah, that's how I'm dads find noise. out who's Ooh. the father. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, Gregory got first pick, and he used it. You guys, what did he do with it? He used it to pick malarkey. Best front of house in the game. Well, he got I, honestly. He got second pick, right? That yeah, he got second pick. Oh, sorry. I think uh, yeah. Kevin got Brian first, mm-hmm. and then sure? Gregory's okay. first okay. pick. Okay. Second overall. Yeah, second overall draft pick. Okay. Yeah, still. He's still a reach. Yeah, and also, like... It was so so shocking that Padma immediately called it out, like, I've got to stop what was going to be planned to be a, like, regular back and forth. (laughs) This is definitely the roast of the week. (laughs) (laughs) And I love it, because it's, like, that's going to be a tough one for for Malarkey's, like, Oh, it's going to be hard on him. like Malarkey, uh, like I, I saw your list. I don't believe in it. I feel like we yeah. didn't talk about this right now. Out of well, curiosity, why? <laughs> everybody knows it, it's been Kevin and Melissa and Gregory that have won all the challenges. So like, well, and Malarkey is even the narrator of the surprise of his own choosing. <laughs> yeah, like, he's like their roommates. They're you know they love cucumbers. They're always talking about juicing. Yeah. You know? <laughs> well, it's yeah. funny, though, when you think about like the, that his answer was like front of house. It's like essentially it's like it's not for cooking. Don't yeah. worry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was definitely the second it's roast of the week. It's not because of how many, yeah, it's not how many yeah. carrots he wants to put on a plate. That's not why we chose him. Yeah, it's for his ability to smoothly lie about how well it, or poorly it's Well, gone. let's. So I, this has been fun rip, ripping on him. But let's talk about this as a strategic pick. So I he killed it. <laughs> he did so good. He he did good. He did fine. Um, you know, it's easier to do well when the c- food is good, right? Oh, is that how we're gonna do this today? Is well, that no, how this, this is going? Oh, I, well, I don't think Malarkey <laughs> did an especially great job at front of the house. He hit like the the Mendoza line of like right in the middle <laughs> of like good enough to keep his job, but it's not like the front of the house. It made Khan the all-star. It was the yeah. whole package. Yeah. He like, wasn't the front of the house didn't detract. Yes, it wasn't Fabio. No, no, no. But didn't did not detract and like took you know, they took the time to train the staff properly to do the lineup. I you agree. know, he did all the chair like I mean He unwrapped all those chairs you by guys. himself, which let the chefs <laughs> do more which let the cooks do more cooking and less chair unwrapping. You know, like I also uh, I also think that at least from the edit, he was so helpful and kind when he yes. did train the staff. Yes. And yes. that just really seemed to set the mood for how smoothly so that helpful. went. 
Also, I, I can't remember if it was him or Gregory, but so, one of the two of them made sure the servers tasted all the food, and yeah. that did not happen yeah, in their kitchen. Gregory. And that is so important. That's crucial. Yeah, I I mean I I feel like I mean there's there are infinity reasons to come down hard on malarkey, and I'm not suggesting that we permanently cease fire that particular action. <laughs> I don't know. But Sarah what, may be uh, maybe lobbying for that though. But what I but I will say is that I do think that as like a team member, he generally does quite a good job. Like he yes. he like yeah. pitches in. He's a real mood lifter, and I think like you know. He he saw what Greg was doing, and I would say for all of Greg's teammates, like they knew what he wanted, they understood what he was doing, and they all just kind of like pulled together on that and yeah. really mm-hmm. like got behind. Yeah, it. Yeah, now and, is like, not the time to do their own twist. On well, I did. So yeah. that was one thing that occurred to me was, do you think he took the three chefs who had been on the bottom the most because he thought they would be more willing to play his his game instead of trying to come up with their own game? Huh. Uh, no. no, I mean I, no. no. I think I think Malarkey was a pretty good system pick where like I, I could see where he'd say like, you know what, I don't know if um if Kevin's gonna take him like, you know, with his like uh next pick, but I can't see this working without him. And so I think that like that that makes sense as like a hinge. I I thought he did a good job constructing a full team instead of just like a group of four superstars. Yeah. Well I also this will go into like what we're probably gonna break down later. Gregory had a stronger solid vision of what he was doing. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I think you could pick any four chefs who've been on this season dating back to the first episode, take four of those chefs and they would execute Gregory's vision because he was leading it with such a like firm hand, giving clear like tasks and like it, it, everyone just gets to be a sous chef essentially executing Gregory's vision. Well, I think it's a, to, yeah. to subtly disagree with that because I, I, I agree with you on almost every part of that. The only person who doesn't make sense in that is his next pick. He knew he had some to get somebody who could do a dessert, and he got Leanne with his next pick. And I think that was a, a brilliant pick because, mm-hmm. you know, like he could have picked, uh, I guess, Karen. No, because after Melissa got picked, uh, then Karen got picked, I think, or something yeah. like that. But like he's like, cool, I, I have Malarkey who I need, and then I need somebody who I know can execute this kind of dessert. I'm getting mm-hmm. Leanne. And I think Leanne was the one person who was allowed to run with that dish more than anybody else just a little bit more on the malarkey pick for me is i think that well first of all i don't think that even if you want malarkey you definitely don't have to waste second pick overall on him your first round pick yeah Yeah. you're not (laughs) worried about malarkey going in the next round you can be pretty confident if you have somebody you want above him that he'll be there for the second chance but yeah even but even without that even if he is your first choice overall, like if he if if he had said the reason I want him is he's opened seven restaurants since breakfast, like yeah. he's good at the process, <laughs> I would be into that. The weird yeah. thing about front of house is that Padma and Tom have been visibly irritated by his personality on multiple occasions. <laughs> so I don't know if he's who I want the face of my restaurant to be. Yeah, he's super personable. He likes being that type of center of attention, and he does know how to train his staff. Yeah, the staff so training is the best part for sure. I I still think he was the smartest choice out of everyone available for front of house. And Karen totally. was also a very natural choice for front of house because she did such an excellent job on it the last time. This time yes. it yes. just fell apart. But I don't even put that entirely on her. I, I don't think put it on her either. Yeah, I don't put it on her. Cards. I yeah. But like, yeah. Yeah. I have, a, I have a last theory about Malarkey. Please. What if he just thought, I don't want that many 
chefs who try to control things in the kitchen with me. And if he put malarkey, if he got malarkey and put him in the front of the house, he'd be in the kitchen less. Yeah. And, he, and you know that he likes those other parts of restaurants because he does this all the time. So he'll be like comfortable doing those other things and not be like, I need to be in the kitchen tasting everything. Right. And then it's like you've got three competent chefs who can work well together in the kitchen and you don't essentially have to worry about malarkey and his food. I, and I guess the, the other thing I'm realizing, I, I don't think so. I don't think he malarkey was needed in this situation, but I could totally see one where it would have been like he's like an emergency, like like some slack, some emergency plan, basically. <laughs> where like he's like he's like he's like a flex. I think you have a little bit more of of wiggle room basically because he is good at like sort of you know uh BSing. Yeah, like, he's I think he's always gonna say things are going well whether or not they are. So right. the fact that they were going well made it easier, but he was yeah, gonna lie. I, I think he could have like it was a little bit more of actually a buffer where maybe uh had things been gone sideways in the back, it, it still he still would have been alright. I think he still could have like pulled it out basically. A, a, a guttier win maybe. I yeah. I did like think... he also he did well when uh uh Gregory's uh fish was taking longer of like okay I know I can get the rest of this stuff out and introduced and then Gregory would be like a minute behind. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I was it worked I, out. I give him yeah. credit that he did well. I, I definitely don't think Gregory was thinking this way, but it also seems like when he picked his team and Kevin picked his team, it seems like if Kevin's team loses, Kevin is almost certainly going to have to go home. If yeah. if Gregory's team loses, fault. you've got three choices of uh, people who could go home before him. Like you could almost certainly feel imagine it being blamed on on Malarkey because oh. they already don't like him. So he did That's build a rather a, dark wave. I know. There's no way Gregory dark. would I think like agree. this. No, I don't think he would have, but I do think oh, that this... I think he would have. Uh, listen, <laughs> Gregory has this sort of like rational mind where he was like, well, if we have to kill 20 people to save 100, I'll do it by hand. <laughs> Out of oh. respect. 20 for 100. Greg, I feel like I haven't necessarily seen. The thing I was going to say, though, about, about the way that he chose Malarkey is that Typically with restaurant wars that we've seen, and I maybe history will correct me, but what I'm remembering is that usually like you get your team together and then there's like a, the gather round portion where everyone sort of says like, well, uh, one time I, I knew someone who ran in front of house, so I'd like to do it. <laughs> you, in this situation, it was so much more clear cut where he was like, you're front of house, dude. Like we're not yeah, talking like about it. We're not going to like patty yes. cake for it. Like you will be front of house because I said so because I'm I'm running the ship. Yes. I'm the captain now. <laughs> and, on. and Malarkey goes... Let me go back to my room and select from my hats. It felt like it was like, you know, it was like the, the, the big dog pinning you down in the yard in front of all the other dogs so that everyone knows which way this is going. So everybody says the you know? first day on on Restaurant Wars, you have to pick the biggest <laughs> chef and get in a fight with them. And make him wear a hat. <laughs> and make him wear your and hat. Make him wear your hat. <laughs> I like I like all of these theories. Um uh, it is just worth noting, I think, though, that Gregory's team had 12 bottoms, uh, bottom finishes uh, among them to others, other restaurants, four. And the, only, a lot of bottoms. and the only top finish on Gregory's team was the ones that Gregory has had. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's just a. I Although, just, well, that ragtag band of misfits really yeah. did something today. Yeah. I'd give Malarkey a top for uh, the pitch. Last week. Uh, that's true, but I, oh, I was also gonna say, like for the Mighty Ducks, like outside of uh, you know Coach Emilio Estevez, how many of those players are really great to begin with? You know, <laughs> Banks. Banks was good. 
Amazing. Okay. 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 other characters whose names I'm sure I remember very well, but don't test me on it. So fast, Chris. Um, well, listen, they got Cake Eater like right before the playoffs, and he was okay. giving a lot of How numbers. How many hours? <laughs> Ezra, your point is true, regardless of whether or not these people remember the movie better than you. It was a great effort. All right, so let's talk then. Second part of this episode that I think is worth breaking down is the 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 way Restaurant Wars was constructed this year. So they change yes. tiny things each time. We already had the pitch, which is a little weird. Um, what do you think about the other parts of the setup? The one that jumps out at me is that decor was part of it, which it sometimes usually is, but has not always been. So much work. That's the first thing I said when I saw the empty yes. with bare yeah. walls. Like, yeah, that's yeah. just not fair. They don't have to do that all the time. Why? Right. Yeah. Although did bring some of the stuff in themselves. They just dumped the chairs, but they did other things. Yeah. I mean, yes, they had to buy orchids from Whole Foods. They had to pick out plates that had scalloped edges only. <laughs> and then on top of that, they also had to set everything up pretty much by themselves. But did they have booking software? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? This time it was comp by Open Table. I oh love what a that boon. I, I think Open Table must be very pleased with their $40,000 plus that went to yes. an episode where there was a huge mess of getting people seated at the restaurant. Uh, and where no one in real life can actually use their services right now upon watching that hour-long commercial for Ooh. them. That's true. Uh, the online uh, part of it, that works still. Like so, But all tables essentially are open, so it is a little redundant. No, it's closed yes. table now. That's the only option. <laughs> No, open say, table, closed doors. <laughs> right. The table's free. If you can get in, if you can get past the chain locks, we'd love to have you. Yeah. Now, here's here's something that, like, I think our, um, we had a listener write in last week, and forgive me, I, I've forgotten their name, but they um, they said, oh, I don't really like Restaurant Wars, because mm-hmm. it shows all That's these other th- sides of Catherine. Thank mm-hmm. you, Megan. Um, that, um, and I will say, like, Megan does not have her laptop open. She just cares yeah. that much about every letter she receives. And please write us. Go to packyourmics.com. We'd love to hear from you. Happy but, Mother's Day, Megan. <laughs> and Catherine. And also to you. <laughs> <laughs> what I was going to say is like, you know, we, we kind of talk about decor and say like, oh, okay, is it is it really, does it really factor in? But because the rules are so unstructured this time, the decision of like, how big a plate do we need for family style dishes? How big, you know, like this, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it really did set up more with, how they wanted to plan their service and and do it that way. I would have preferred Regardless if the judges plate was. did at some point say, I really enjoy the scalloping on this plate. Like, that would have helped. Right. Yeah. I, but they did yes. remark on the decor in Kevin's restaurant that it was more and feminine than they were expecting, I think. Yeah, more Miami. Yeah, more than Miami. than Miami granny. Yeah. Miami granny. So that that's but, worth noting. Sidebar, Stephanie Izard is delightful, and I've missed her, and it's so great to see her again and have her talk about food. Cool as hell. Yep, so stoked to have her. Cool as hell. I would love for her to turn into, like, the Midwest Nancy Silverton, and she's already almost there with, like, her gray, like, the gray streaks coming in her hair. Like, I could just see her as, like, the sort of Chicago brand of kook. Somebody and send that woman a thousand berets now. No, barrettes. Sorry, I did it again. There you send go. that woman a thousand berets. Berets are her thing. Berets <laughs> yeah. go. I, as soon as I said, I was like, I'm going to get this right in my head. I thought that, and then I said the wrong one. <laughs> I like the decor. I don't know. I'm, I just enjoy watching them walk around. I think the fight was kind of weird and fake um, and annoying, but I do like... Sarah had feelings about that. Yeah, yeah just, please. It wasn't 
real. I mean, it yeah. was real. The tensions oh, no. were high, but it was it was, so it was a misunderstanding and yep. an overreaction to the misunderstanding because people were tense, and that yep. was it. Yeah, uh, I can seem tight as a piano wire there. I will <laughs> yeah, say, Karen has a way of accepting your apology that like feels like she's still lecturing you. Yeah. <laughs> like it's amazing how she's like she's keeping the burn going while also saying like thank you for acknowledging that I'm upset with you right now and that you didn't mean to do the bad thing, but yeah. like you still feel like she's telling you you did the bad thing as she's saying the nice stuff. Yeah, Karen, really- I should say now, guys, Karen, I think can do no wrong in, in our book uh, because uh, for for Mother's Day, I purchased a cameo uh, for, for, for Sarah and Karen, and it was awesome. Are you allowed, is it, are you legally allowed to play that for us? Uh, I, I'll, I'll share with you guys after the fact. Oh, okay, it's too personal. Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, I mean, it's not but, like it's personal, but it was very lovely. Yeah. And, what did you make Karen say, Ezra? Well, actually, since we're talking about it, I want to say a quick thank you. Karen, if you do listen to the podcast, because she did mention she was going to look for it and try to listen to it. Oh. If you are listening, thank you so much. I was sobbing the entire video, oh. and it just meant a lot to me, really. And it was a highlight of my mother's day, so thank you. And oh. when Tanya said that thing before, she did not know that you could potentially be listening so that's yeah no you really need. didn't you, i mean i i stand by it because it's kind of a superpower like yeah. it's a pretty impressive way to like accept an apology yeah well, no we all think karen's a badass wasn't leanne the one who was being mean during the apology except the apology with this no everyone um, was being everybody. intense and okay. everybody yeah, was yeah, being yeah. pretty tense yeah um, yeah. I, well, I will say, well, I was, and I, Megan can vouch, I was about, I w- was going to say this regardless, I did not know. Also, probably Karen's excellent listening to the other show, so I'm not too worried. But, um, I, I was going to say this anyway, which is that Karen has grown on me so much. I was, like, realizing this episode, what a fan of hers I was. And I know that I have not always been so vocally on her side. This, I, the, there was something about the elimination and coming back, this, like, Karen's second life I'm a huge fan of. And you guys have all been on her side. I'm the only one who has something to apologize for, but I was wrong, and I admit that. That's fine. Well, takes, takes welcome, welcome to the correct side. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to the resistance, Alex. Um, I uh, so I like the decor a little bit. I think it is fun. Um, and well, okay, if you're gonna have them be on the hook for all the decor, making everything, why can't you provide the right curry powder? I mean, like, why are they still limited to, like, what is in Whole Foods that day? I, I just feel like for Super some level of, like, making what – like, if you're trying to make a restaurant experience, there's got to be some things where the chef's got to say, like, I need to get this mm-hmm. to make this restaurant work. Like, yeah. th- there has to be some sort of, like, sourcing exceptions I agree so that, that that's not something that comes up in the sort of discussion of – why things didn't work. Yeah. Like it's that's totally one like that. small thing that went wrong for uh country captain, but like that shouldn't be part of this show. Mm-hmm. I, the, and the chair unwrapping really did bother me. I sort of feel like what I want is for them to like, if you're running a real restaurant, you've got people for that shit for a lot of things. And mm. I, I think there's like, I, th- I think it, they, they just throw a couple of traps for you to just suck up time. I think it's just they're all of the little, th- like, you have to go buy your own flowers. We don't care about flowers. We just, there's a time penalty to one of your chefs every time. It's just a way of giving you less than 48 hours. It's just part of the the, the trap there. And I, I don't know. It doesn't bother me. And I like seeing those place. I like seeing the inside of the restaurant store I don't normally go to. So that, that's fun Yeah, for me. that is fun. It was really also, the, funny uh, that they were like. Customizing. 
Oh, go- oh yeah. Oh, oh we've cool. talked about the aprons, but first, yeah. It, I, I thought it was also really weird that they were like, this doesn't taste like it did yesterday. Yeah. And he was like, yeah, you didn't give me the same <laughs> stuff to work with. Yeah. So, so true. It seemed pretty rude. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. And then also, so like, that, go. Well, I was just going to say, Megan, you knew about the apron thing as well. You recognized this apron brand. Oh, yeah. They're making masks now. Yeah. Uh, I've, I've seen Ooh. them on Instagram. So Can you customize the masks also? Probably. Yeah. One of the four straps is orange. Yeah, I thought they were pretty cool aprons. Yeah, I, I have yeah. a Headley and Bennett apron actually that Kyle got for me a few oh, years cool. ago. Nice. That says Hath on it. Oh, um, very cute. It's I a like little that. smock apron. I wear it around all the time and feel like a little top chef in my own kitchen. Oh, I love this that. This is not spawn, but everyone should check them out. They're really nice. I will. I had. Go ahead, Kyle. Oh no, they're like they are the cool apron brand for the last few years, and like. They've been the official Top Chef apron for the last two or three seasons, I think. Oh, I didn't realize that. I actually, I, I like every year the, on the first episode, I noticed like, oh, the kitchen's a little different. No, the logo's got this thing now. And I did notice the aprons this year. And I thought, I like that little splash of color on the one stripe I, or on the one mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. left side or whatever. I had noticed in my head that I liked it and didn't realize why. And it's cool that it turns like a notably cool apron. I didn't know that there was an It apron brand and I'm thrilled. Sorry, what I'm was the name again? everything. Yeah. Um, Headley and Bennett. Headley and uh, Bennett. Okay. I mean, that sounds like a hipster brand. Yeah. Of something. I also had shoes from them. I, they had like a Converse um, collaboration, and I have a pair of like high top Converse with like rainbow soles. Oh, that that's cool. Have. They're taking over all your wearables. Watch out! Like your next next up is socks. <laughs> <laughs> and then what? It's a slippery slope up to your ankles. Yeah, then you're then you're uh, gators, I guess. Uh, I mean, or shin guards. Once you're getting Headley and Bennett berets, game's over. <laughs> what are berets? Um, so uh, let's talk about the restaurants now. I think that's the last thing to talk about there. Um, so um, I guess cons seem pretty good, huh? I was gonna. I was trying to find my notes of what I was gonna say what? here, but uh, yeah. Well, guys, I guess <laughs> I'm curious how, how people were feeling going into it when we sort of saw what the plans were, yeah, because everyone was sort of allowed to like, here's all the rope. We're at the rope factory. You're gonna take as much rope as you want, and you rope can do whatever you feel like doing with it. This year, rope is completely free. We're just gonna turn around and walk away and let you take all the rope. Yeah. How are um, you guys feeling? Because I think Tanya. Uh, like and I were of the same mind where we were. No, I painted my picture. I'm good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I was dreading, I was dreading all week. Like from the end of our episode last week, I was like, "This is going to be a really bad time." Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I started like each each sort of like you. Oh uh, man, I've heard I've read like reviews of this new like HBO show with Mark Ruffalo that says it's just misery porn and like the most awful things happen and with no sort of like light. And I have to think that the show couldn't be as grim as this episode was for me. Wow. Yeah. So it you, was really say, like, you, what were you anticipating when you were watching this? Like, did you see this like sort of train wreck coming or like why, why all the dread? It was like a slow, like I just felt the tragedy coming of like coming in with the best of intents and wanting to do something one way, but knowing that every decision you made in pursuit of that was going to have the exact opposite result. It felt like a very mm-hmm. like great tragedy of going into it with the greatest of intentions, but destroying yourself with every choice you made. 
I totally. I, I felt yeah. like I mean I, the rope thing is so perfect for me that I just felt like Kevin walked in and was like, "Oh, really? It's free? I would like all of the rope. Here is my neck size." Yeah. Like it felt like he just immediately made a decision that was not going to work and then everything else happened because of it and i thought i was actually kind of disappointed i felt like judges table didn't hammer enough on the decision to have 48 dishes is that because tom even said the number of dishes didn't bother me it was like the quality of these things but normally tom is very clear when you're like you served me two things that are okay on this duo give me one thing well and of the 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 problem with the 12 dishes was not that you can't have a meal with 12 dishes. It was that everyone is in the weeds from the minute he said that and they never recovered. It's just too much stuff. There's just too much to do. That's right. And I think my, my side um, concern, dread, stressor or whatever is like, you know, if Kevin is fulfilling his vision and, you know, he's the one, he's the executive chef who's, who's making these decisions and it's, um, you know, all going to his plan and the plan's not great and it doesn't work out and Kevin goes home. That's fine. You know, that's like, okay, what you see is what you get. My problem was that, you know, you also had Brian Volt and Melissa on that team and Karen, who I I have loved watching each of them. And it's like, oh, please don't let any of them happy Mother's Day, the Karen. worst mistake. What? Well, I was just wishing Karen a happy Mother's Day in case she's listening. Oh, yeah. Happy Mother's Day. But like, I, you know, uh, if there was a failure, I'm, I'm actually glad that it was such a straight ahead. Like, it was definitely your fault, Kevin, because like, you know. Uh, had Melissa gone home for this, I would have never forgiven those yeah, elves. That would have been very rough. Um, yeah. We'll get to the hankies here in a second. Um, do you think there was something else going on besides just the number of dishes in this conception? Like, what else do we? Th- what else went wrong there? Well, it was. A, I think he gave. He took input in the wrong places. Where he said, "I want you guys to have your like culinary." Uh, yeah voices heard when like he should have it should have been uh what gregory did where like it's my vision the food's gonna be my food and if you have like structural like process advice i'll definitely take that into effect he should have listened when they said we shouldn't make so many dishes and mm-hmm. he should have been really bossy with what dishes they made i 100 percent agree with that i think that's so true i did notice when they were in the cars where he were i think it was in the cars where um he was like, "What are you guys thinking? What do you What do you want to participate?" Like he like felt like he was giving them a normal challenges worth of input, and Gregory was like, "Here is the menu. I've laminated it for you. Please memorize your dishes and come back to me." I yeah, yeah. If it was kind of like an adaptation issue a little bit, where it's like, let, let's say, um, like if Kevin's coming from like this is a a book that I really really love, and that was like his grandma's like a cooking experience, and like to be able to adapt that successfully to a restaurant. Uh, you know, you got to make some edits, right? Uh, it's just it's it's not the same uh, yeah. kind of thing in order to actually make it functional in in that format, right? Because uh, it's not I, like your grandma only had forty eight hours to come up with her life of cooking. Yeah, and had to serve that many people at the same time, right? Yeah, it was, like, yeah, it wasn't a hundred people plus judges. That's true too. Well, and maybe he's a victim of his own success in the pitching last week, where his chicken was just so dang good that they they couldn't deny it. Um, a spot in restaurant wars, but the entire this concept will not that he be had. Denied. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, but on it that was topic, really hard to imagine his family style. You choose a protein, but then everybody gets the same banchan, but like southern style and huge. And it's I. I we'll talk oh, about yeah, the chicken. Ban-chan. I want to talk about <laughs> yeah. the chicken really quick because um, he replicated his his dish from the winning menu last week, but did not sort have of. the same cu- curry powder. 
Gregory opted, he didn't say he was missing anything, but just from the get-go was like, I already gave you that, I'm going to give you something else. And it seemed like the, the judges, judges were, were hard. so mad they didn't get that oxtail. And too. they were mad about oh, also the chicken not being the same, so it seemed like it was kind of a lose-lose to me. Oh, but they did all right. So if you if you can beat the oxtail, then you don't have to have it, right? Right. And I feel like he, he basically did, right? Right, yeah. so if the chicken had been different, but also brilliant. If the other person messes up their chicken, then you can definitely do that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it just, the other thing with, with Country Captain is just like, it is entirely possible to scale up home-style cooking for yeah. a restaurant setting. People do it all the time. But I yep. think that's a, that, like, Kevin kept talking about how the timing was the challenge. And I think those are one of those things that you have to work out if you actually have the normal time frame of opening up a restaurant. Yeah, that's totally. Just, mm-hmm impossible in 48 hours it's not that you couldn't ever do it mm-hmm. it's that in that setting it is sort of dumb yeah. <laughs> i guess to yeah. try with all due respect to kevin who i love and i thought the concept sounded amazing yeah. when he's like well of course i have to do these 11 other dishes to go with it because that's what you do i was like yeah that makes sense that you want to hold that close to that vision but just like not being willing to, to change as soon as that became apparent that it was just going to be yeah. impossible it's like such a such a a sad failure. There's yeah. one thing uh, I was thinking of with this is like we, David Chang had his podcast where he talks about opening major domo in LA and they what's the restaurant's great, but it's built around these large format dishes that I think is like similar in spirit to what country captain was trying to do. where having, you have the centerpiece dish, but to get that ready and make it taste great, you have to like, it, you can't cook in 30 minutes. You have to be cooking it in like, batches and it, that's something that you have to fine tune by like perfecting the recipe, not just the recipe, but how you create the recipe yeah. over. A yeah. Purposes. And they were basically going from nothing to dread, like opening night with no practice to figure out how to do it. Whereas Gregory yeah. has been working on this restaurant exclusively for several years and knows exactly <laughs> how to manufacture every part of it and just executed his vision. Well, He's and the well, there's, a, there's another the piece of this that I think, like, because of just like the overall uh, restaurant wars, uh, the like the way that restaurant wars has to time out as an episode, we have to spend so much time with the run up to the restaurant, the restaurant service itself, like all of that stuff. That like by the time we're looking at like actual judges' table, we've got like eight minutes left on the episode clock. Mm. So, so there true. was a lot of like for positive and negative, right? So like there was a lot of food chat that we just didn't get to hear because there was no time for it. And there were things that were said at the table at at country captain that I wanted them to dig into more. Like I think at one point it gave us nothing. Well, yeah, because there was no time. And I, and I understand like, it would be weird to cut out all of the, like, I mean, we got to see Leanne with like arms full of plants running through (laughs) nightmare. Um, But like, I, I guess the thing that I that I remember hearing at the table at Country Captain was like, there are so many side dishes and they're all fighting with each other. And yes. to me, yeah. that's that's the sign of like, okay, yes, like Mima would have given everyone everything she ever had and more. <laughs> However, like if all of the flavors are like kind of at war, like do you need dilly beans and shrimp and grits and crazy mushrooms? Like right. yeah. it just it it uh, to me it really felt like uh, this is not something I would want to sit down and eat all of like any four of these dishes would be plenty. The idea that you're going to get confronted by all of them and then save room for a banana crazy is like a lot to think about. 
Oh, was, crazy. Yeah. And I know Kevin was like, people wouldn't want to eat this if they see it. And I'm like, that's correct. I don't want to eat this. Oh, man, I wanted but, it so bad. Maybe I'm dumb. Yeah, like, also, and then the faces of everyone who was actually eating it confirmed for me that I really wouldn't want to eat it. Yeah. yeah. And they were just like, we can't get the tables to leave. And they acknowledged it was because they gave them like enough food to feed like four families. That's so, so true. Like, I, yeah. I mean, and I'm sure that they're supposed to turn around in like 30 minutes or something crazy like that. Yeah. But. yeah and and the, the normal Restaurant Wars caveat here is that all the servers are probably banquet servers who have never worked in a restaurant before. And so banquet servers are good at a lot of things, but telling people, hey, can you get this in your body? We need to put other people in this seat. That's not their you skill. You know what they need? They need like... Maybe like a four to one ratio of banquet servers to just straight bouncers, maybe. Or just, <laughs> you, need, you need someone to kick people out, right? I mean, it's it's such a subtle art when you're good at it, right? Where you just have the right number of check-ins where you offer things and ask for, if you can help. Just the right number that makes them feel like they should keep moving but not feel pressured. Also, though, like, it doesn't matter because they're not doing common cards this time. That's right? true. You can just literally pick them <laughs> that's up. That's true. <laughs> At one point, Karen comes over and just starts dragging a chair backwards until it's outside and then walks back and replaces it. It's very, it'll be very good. Um, it turns out that your meal can't be over at Country Captain until you've finished the dish, put it on your head, and yelled, I am the Country Captain. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, uh, let's get to the, let's get the hankies ready, you guys. So um, our good friend, and we've been a supporter of him for a long time, Valerie's husband, is sent home today. One rank this elimination on the the standard scale one to sixteen. Hankies, Kyle and Sarah, maybe you want to start us off. I this is a clear. This is sixteen hankies. Like there, I don't see there being like a higher one. Like there is light at the end of the tub, tunnel with like no chance kitchen, but like it just it was a sort of like soul sucking hanky use. Yeah. Where the hankies are doing nothing but like getting in the way of a, tor- a torrential flood of emotion. <laughs> the hankies do nothing. full <laughs> of emotion. <laughs> yes. Um, the the one I guess as far as just to elaborate on that, the bright uh, spot at the end of the tubble is that the um, <laughs> is that oh, no did chance. Get ki- the title this week? <laughs> <laughs> no chance kitchen is short as heck. Like Tom was like, I think there's one more, and then you're in the finals. Like they're well, because think- of the splitting it in half. It's like not that. It's not like when you get eliminated and you're like, I have to beat 25 chefs and I gotta go 25 and 0 to get back. This is like he might only have to win three. I don't know. I think there's going to be at least three more because it's going to be one of those where they he wins one, then it's the finale of Last Chance Kitchen, but then he's going to have to come in right after a quick fire and cook for his way back in. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It, um, so it'll be it'll be still tough, but it is not as tough as it would have been earlier on. Um, yeah. Sarah, same. You know, I think my I, I was probably about a, a 10, a 10 hanky. I was sad about this, but mostly I was just sad watching Kyle be really sad watching yeah. this. Aww. Like, he was, like, sitting bolt upright, very worried expression on his face, and, like, didn't talk the whole time. And I was like, I really feel like I can't say anything during this episode because there's a mood in here that is specific. Yeah, yeah I'm sort of like... It reminded me a little bit of like watching like um, uh, Logan. Uh, I was like, I don't know if Wolverine's going to be okay in this movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, once you name him, it's going to go downhill from there. 
<laughs> I don't know anything about that movie, but it's called Logan. Okay. Anyway, um, well, anyway, Ezra, how many hankies do you have? And if you want, you can loan a couple to Kyle so he can help hold back that no, torrent. I felt like I had sixteen hankies generally from this like uh, this this plotting doom edit that I was getting. I was I was, I was just I was ready to hanky for anyone, but especially for 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 Valerie's husband. And then I feel like an extra sixteen hankies mean like kind of like the double ply hankies. Uh, for the way he like his speech at the end, I guess, and maybe like because I feel like Sarah that I actually like, cried. Yeah, he yeah. made me cry. Incredibly humble speech, um, but also just I mean, it was sad because I could see he was extremely disappointed in himself. But it was also somehow I don't know. It kind of made me feel good because I liked how he. Mm-hmm knew it i don't know yeah, it just it was very honorable it was very honorable and i think my crying was both sadness and just like like support yeah i mean if you're gonna go into the afterlife the way like the way you want to hear that is like you know that tom clicker says you're a good man like kevin Glass oh yeah man that's a good that's a good epitaph if america's dad tom colicchio ever told me that he was proud of me i don't know if i could handle it be so many hankies be pretty good I'd have to do a lot of fishing to earn that, I think. Yeah, and I don't yeah, like oh, fishing. Man, I'm no, really against fishing. Um, Sarah, did you give us your hankies out of that? or? No. I th- well, I think I'm 15 and a half. Okay. And the only reason I'm just short of 16 is because I think it was right. I think it was just. And mm-hmm. I think, you know, a full 16 for me, I think I would also have to be angry. And I didn't feel that. Yeah. I, I understand that. Uh, Brooklyn. Where how many hankies you got? And don't give me any of this. It's two ply all of a sudden, so you can add more hankies. We've already got a weird could, enough scale. I invented sixteen. <laughs> I can do whatever I want. That number wow. didn't work for me. I've gone power mad with hankies. <laughs> you have gone power mad. <laughs> all right, uh, reeling it back a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd say some six to eight hankies uh, mm. here. I mean, like I hate to see Brian go, but uh, or Ken, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I was gonna say Brian about something else, and I just I don't think know. Charlie's always been a really important show for me, so like, as this you is can a tell, really hard episode of Top yeah. Pitching. And Dave I don't and I know are what I'm gonna do in Brooklyn's dimension. Miss, uh, yeah, the, 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 miss the, the, and <laughs> Tim and all the all the chef masters really. Oh, dang it! You, you say one wrong name. <laughs> you forget your jacket one day. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Um, no, uh, so Kevin's fantastic. I, I was really hoping he'd make the finals, um, and, and he may still. Um, and and it, was, it was tough to see him go out on something that he really believes in. But the mitigating factor here, I think, similar to Sarah, you know, it definitely seemed like it was right and just, and it was all on him, and it, it clearly was all on him the entire time as soon as things started to go wrong. And I got to credit our friends at the Magical Elves Production Company because... Mm-hmm. As soon as we got into prepping these restaurants, it was so clear to me that I wanted to root for Khan and what was going on with Khan mm-hmm. and their sort of underdog story and like how that narrative was, I was so much more invested in um, for some reason. And maybe that's because it felt more cohesive as a whole and it had this journey and, you know, whatever. Yeah, there's a lot of like shouts of relief at our house when Khan was getting good Yeah, we, we, we were in, the, yeah. And, and that is nothing against Kevin, Melissa, Robovolt, Karen, like absolutely nothing. But I think just, you know, for the, the story and the narrative and everything else, we just really were behind Khan. Especially since that the double episode set us up to care more about the pitch and the cohesion of the restaurant and its marketability like 
adding all that yeah. weight last week makes it feel like the fact that this is such a clear concept and it's working so so crisply, like it really made that feel more important and and like like I, and I love Gregory so much and then the fact that he might like actually it felt like there was a chance this guy was going to give him money like the judges the the Chicago yeah. restaurant investors loved him so Honestly, hard in this concept I think they might yeah. like they might wait till the season's over and then give him money like yeah. Yeah, it's wow. it's it's incredible. So there's that option, and so I'm like really happy for him getting that. Um, yeah. So for Kevin's elimination again, six to eight hankies from me and Tanya. I don't know four. I mean, well, no, my 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 viewer souffle collapsed when he like announced his plan that wasn't very good. The, um, yeah. So like I I love Kevin. Valerie's husband is is a fave of my heart as much as I think. You know, as I really want to go eat his food. Um, but uh-huh. I also, you know, it just it felt it just felt like there was a certain amount of doom to it from the beginning. And so I wasn't as like I, I just I didn't see him like overcoming the obstacle that he was setting up for himself and that he felt like he had to stay true to. Um, and it's you know, that's it's it's tough. And then on the at, at the same time, like. I totally appreciated that he was so willing to essentially send himself home. Yeah. Yeah. Like, we didn't actually didn't talk about very the weird way of that, but the the yeah. fact that they didn't even discuss it makes me think that in whatever the official rule book says or whatever, he did agree to send himself home or they would, cause they didn't show any post discussion judges. No, meeting. I mean, he basically resigned on the spot. Well, Tom, Tom asked that really horrible boss question, yeah. which is like, you know, is there anything you can say that, that, would mean I'm not sending you home right now, you know. And, yeah, and there's, I mean, I, and Kevin was like, you know, I I could I can't throw people under the bus, but really, like the right thing to do is to say is to own what happened and and no. And, and also, there's no way that we saw everything because no, 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 no. I, they they need to talk to the pro- the judges have to talk to the producers. Yeah. I mean, it looked like just right after Kevin said that, Podner was like, "Well, there we go, pack your yeah. knives and go." But there had to have been agreement that he was going home before that and maybe it was like if he volunteers just go for it Padma but you know well and he could. essentially did we've had other top chefs where people volunteer to go home at judges table and they go well all right then you know yeah I just I yeah and I, I I sort of assume that that's why like that's the technicality that allowed it to happen in that order because otherwise it's just a very weird edit of not having them discuss it at all and um yeah, that's all. Uh, Tanya, did you get to your? Did we actually get your number? Uh, ugh, I feel like I, I interrupted feel, you. To I, say I'm that. not. I don't relish the idea of being like the driest, like person on this panel. But Tanya, I do think that I was probably somewhere around five hankies. So you've 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 met me, right? I'm I'm probably yeah. going to be the driest on the panel. So you're. Oh, are you drier than me tonight? In a moment. This is getting weird. I don't like. In a moment, you will mind. you will feel fine. No one will talk about your answer. No, I get. I, I think mean, it's that time. I, yeah, I guess it's my time. Or are we going to ask Megan? First? I was going to ask Megan, you know, since it's Mother's Day, but um, <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't know. Just because you because it makes you uncomfortable, I'm leaning into it. I guess. Um, no. Uh, yeah. What's yours? What's What's your hanky level? Um, I mean, I I kind of would just echo what Chris and Tanya just said. I'm really invested in Team Gregory. I'd say, and so yeah. I think that kind of mitigated my uh, hinky usage yep. this time, but um, but I thought it was a, a great episode. I feel like um, so. So give me some number though. You have to you have to say a number. Oh, I have to say a number. Mm-hmm. 
Actually, wait, did Tanya, did I let you get away with it by telling you I was going to be no, dry? No, you did, five. you did five. Yeah, yeah, great, great. Five little, five little tiny hankies. <laughs> Not two ply, these are single ply hankies. Yeah, these are cheap hankies. <laughs> I, I go for four to make it an even quarter. Ooh, wow. Yeah. I, um, so. Which is nothing against Valerie's husband. Yeah. It's no, I. Just I, kind of how the episode played out for me emotionally, I guess. I, f- yeah. So I, you know, I asked you if I was a sociopath uh, for not having more hankies at the end of it. That's how I, because f- I felt, I felt fine. Um, and mostly just because I like justice. <laughs> uh, I like the fact that it felt right. Um, the thing that, like, is the most hankies for me is, like, you know, I mean, the, like, for me, 16 hankies was when Nicholas ruined everybody's life and then someone else got eliminated who cooked something great like that's the most hankies i can feel because the injustice is it gets me so fired up that's like me like tearing up my hankies yeah it's like yeah yeah uh which is, she does like a strongman act sometimes it's really impressive um but i i just I, I, the only reason i might be so you know so far megan is already the lowest the driest the only thing i would say is that i have kind of a resting hanky rate of six for any episode malarkey stays so this didn't have to move the needle much beyond that i just felt like uh there's not like the justice as except for him still being here it's fine but you guys so we are only times. about four episodes away from malarkey being in the finals <laughs> i know and all, oh, interesting. oh oh and i don't want to be spoilery but they did show that in the in the previews of the rest of the season and it really looked like we saw malarkey cooking in at least two different kitchens which certainly suggests he's not going home next week which is such a bummer or he's someone sue what or he's someone sue it's oh, that, okay yeah that's true oh, yeah, that's he, a good point oh that's, oh that's such a good point good no spoiler happened I just want to suggest maybe try watching this not as like a malarkey assassin in training. Like I just think maybe like eagle eye for like anything but malarkey might be a good way to watch the rest of this season. That's probably good life advice. Your own resting heart rate. I did no. I like. I actually. I I 100 think that this was the first episode where I saw malarkey be good at something. Like I got to feel like this is a thing he's good at. Is like opening a restaurant. Um, Mm -hmm. The the way that he reveled in like my job is to lie to the judges. I felt gross about. But um, I did feel like he was doing he, this is certainly the best episode for him. I think we've had so far. Um, so I do feel that way. Anyway, I just in general, I just feel like like I when a chef makes a clear mistake and gets sent home for it, I feel way less bad, no matter how much I'm invested in them, than I feel like would feel bad if they like go home and they did great and it's inexplicable and and unjust. So yeah. I However, feel- my heart goes out to Sarah and Kyle. Um, oh know, yeah! If I had had, if I'd watched this with the... you guys, man, all the hankies, I would. I donate the rest of my hankies to you, Kyle, so you can um, maintain. There have been years. Torrent continues. <laughs> oh, oh. There was one bright spot in the episode as relates to Kevin, as longtime listener of this podcast, Kyle's father pointed out. <laughs> Kevin was wearing this brand of sunglasses. That Kyle also has. Hey, <laughs> sunglasses, <laughs> buddies. It was that. That was like a nice bright spot. Is like Kyle was feeling really sad about this, and then Glenn called and said, "Did you notice what he was wearing?" <laughs> and, <laughs> and a brief happy Mother's Day to Glenn. But um, that's adorable. <laughs> and I do sort of like. It's funny when I whenever I see Kyle, whenever whenever I see uh, Kevin on TV, I think of you, Kyle. So I think of you as the same person, possibly secretly. And that's I considered shaving my head bald in solidarity <laughs> after his nomination. 
Yeah, man. Well, um, let's find out how everyone else is feeling about this elimination when uh, we take a brief trip over into Megan's mailbag. It's time for Megan's mailbag. You can write into the show by going to packyourmics.com and submitting feedback there, or you can send us an email podcast at wait uh, mailbag at packyourmics.com and also on Facebook and Twitter. Megan, what's in your bag? Um, we have an email and a comic um, from J Number One. Oh yes, uh, so yeah, out, check it out. Check it Hi. out on the Facebook page. Yeah, this uh, week's knife blocked uh, made me chuckle. I liked it a lot. Yeah, he also wrote us a little play. Um, <laughs> he did. Tom, should we cut you? Kev, probably. Padma, pack your knives and go. <laughs> uh, he thought that edit was was pretty brutal. Yeah, it was um, quick. Yeah, I. Can you imagine though, like what he could have said there besides that? Like even, even like Jeremy couldn't have been like, I don't know, you didn't get enough sauce. He sauced the plate. Like I just can't imagine any way he could say anything else there. Mm-hmm. It would be so awkward because every because he, he he couldn't like well actually Karen was the one who touched the mushroom. Like I don't even know. But he said it very eloquently. Yeah, he was great. Oh, for sure, for sure. Yeah. Um. Uh, Jay also mentions Greg is not only cooking well, he's playing well. He didn't fall into the same trap of replicating the pitch dish. Mm-hmm. He had a good house manager. He swapped the expos partway through, and Leanne seemed okay with oh, it by the yeah. end of the night. That expo swap was awesome. That yeah. was so yeah. good. And like, uh, Leanne seemed miffed, but yeah. also like Stephanie's whole like, no, we're not yelling at the, at the Yes, that's like, like he switched it because someone was going to be mean to the temporary servers. And I was so thrilled to watch Gregory and Stephanie be like protective of their employees. I thought that was great. Oh, what a good yeah, moment. Shout out, shout out to Stephanie. We haven't really talked about her much, but I thought she was wonderful. This yes, episode. her salt was amazing. Her salt yeah. was incredible. Yeah, Tom said she should open a restaurant selling just that after well, they'd set up earlier in the episode, Greg saying people have restaurants that are just that. So, yeah. oh, it was a great was full search. Oh. There are those okay, in well, Crown Heights. It's, it's a thing. Yeah, it's cool, I, though. It, great job. Was, yeah, Stephanie was like, all of her talking heads where she's like, this is like... Very important to Gregory. This is not a cuisine that we're familiar with. Like we have a real responsibility to do this right and to execute his vision and like make sure that we do this the way that he wants it to be done. And I just thought that was really thoughtful too. Yeah. Thoughtful would be the word I would use for all of her actions in this episode. Yes. And it made me pleased. Also, she she's like a, a great chef who like should be paid a lot of money, but maybe just isn't the sort of like has a restaurant under her name. Like she is a private chef, yeah. a personal chef. So she like is taking clear directions and making the best version of the, what is, is like desired. Mm. And I feel like if she was like the, the executive, like corporate chef of like a big restaurant group, she'd be doing really cool things. And yeah. like it, making sure that like every new location, I bet she could, if she teamed up with Brian Malarkey, they could make great things. <laughs> she also she also just crushed it when Padma uh, asked them to raise their hand who had ever won Restaurant Wars, and she was the only person on their team, and she was like, that's fine, I got you guys. Yeah. <laughs> Such a great... She's yeah. She just, I love Seymour. Yeah, me she's too. Awesome. Big fan, and she just crushed it on all the little clips today. She was real fun. Yeah. Uh, Jay concludes, <clears throat> Gregory and Melissa have got to be the favorites now going away. I'd 
I'll pick mm. Volt to round out the final three. Yeah, and I'd also pick Volt for my Sue if I was cooking in the finals. So I bet we'll see him in the finals either way. But yeah, definitely Gregory and Melissa by a long, a long stretch. I think. Uh, Jane writes um, on Facebook. I'm worried because it seemed like Karen was being made out to be the villain or more deserving of going home, almost like a Josie Kristen mood, though not as extreme. Uh, but I felt like the right person went home for the decisions they made. I, I feel like if it was if they were trying to set us up to uh, think Karen, Karen was the villain, it was mild. I don't feel like she got yeah. much because she seemed like she was like I, I felt like they gave us more compassion at it for her like I would like to do more but I am stuck in this situation yeah yeah yes. I didn't feel I didn't feel worried for her I felt I mean I felt worried for her because it wasn't going well in terms of her you know feelings and sanity afterward but in terms yeah. of going home I really didn't feel like it was going to be her yeah no I think there's only one option there yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. um and uh, uh thanks for listening Nose to Karen. Oh. That yeah. was if oh. Karen is listening. I was just, we're still talking. <laughs> yeah, our, our listeners are worried about the edits oh you're getting. Oh, we'll go. Okay, pack my knives and go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's actually that. I, I don't want to do this because it would be unpleasant to listen to, but it would be kind of funny if we just ended the show like there. We're like, yeah. oh, do you guys think it was the right decision? Me too. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> um,. Uh, Catherine uh, was the the listener who wrote in last week, um, mm-hmm. who doesn't usually enjoy restaurant wars. Oh yes. Um, uh, Catherine says this was a good episode. Uh, Khan was probably the most successful restaurant in restaurant wars history. I I yep. would have trouble remembering something more. I'm sure Meredith has some strong memories, but that one. I mean, this is like as clean of a victory as I can remember. Mm-hmm. Uh, that elimination made perfect sense, and Valerie's husband is such a gentleman. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I am cool yeah. with, with having been wrong on this one uh, related to Restaurant Wars. Yeah, so. not not wrong at all. Sometimes there's just new information that no one has to feel bad about. Yeah, yep. that's our motto. <laughs> mm-hmm. Also, I do think this is another, this is a classic Top Chef-y moment, too, where I feel like this is not, this is only going to help Kevin standing in the world, uh, where... Uh, mostly going on the show helps you and uh, if you're as long as you're not being a monster but especially like this kind of thing and this cool an idea that's so strong and an error that's excusable and then an e- elegant e- exit people will think highly of him for a long time um some more appreciation for kevin's exit mm-hmm. uh, Allie writes valerie's husband gets 16 hankies from me mm. right through my heart but oh, i still appreciate where you should put your hankies integrity <laughs> 16 hankies to the heart. Brutal. Sorry, we're setting people up for mixed metaphors. <laughs> if, there, if there was another uh, other motto for us, it's like, never leave your metaphors unmixed. <laughs> um, so last week we talked about quick fire ideas. Oh, yes. Guest judges. This one. That was a great question. Yeah. Thank you. Um, John writes, my terrible quick fire idea is only scallop dishes. So that Top Chef could finally actually become Top Scout. And I, John, I hear you. I just want to say, believe in yourself, John. That's not a terrible idea. That's legitimately an excellent idea. That would be so good. And you get Fabio back to judge, and he'd be like, finally, it is Top Scallop. And then he would eat the scallops. It would be so fun. Ooh, guys, guys but for plating, there's only one plate that's scalloped. And so whoever doesn't get that plate, <laughs> they lose. Um, Wait, am I having a fever dream, or did sometime on Top Chef someone put a piece of banana on a plate and call it a scallop? Oh, Richard Blaze! Yeah, yeah. Actually, 
okay. season four. Was there a stolen banana scallop? There was a, I can't remember. It was not stolen, but somebody else did a banana scallop-like thing later that seemed like it was reminiscent of Blaze's. Mm. But Blaze's like for a full thirty seconds, I had made that up. No, and and I, I read a, 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 a he mentioned it on a blog post somewhere that people like see him in the airport and still yell across like "Hey, banana scallop!" Like it was people really okay. associate that with him. Well, he that was what they're calling him before the show, and he decided to take his pain and turn it into art. <laughs> Yeah, they just thought his body looked like a banana with scallops. Hey, banana scallop, come away. <laughs> I'm walking here. This is Atlanta. We talk like this. Uh, Jen would add to John's idea um, that scallops need to ma- be made with risotto and must use a pressure cooker. I Yeah, we talked a little bit about the, the curse episode. Oh, that sounds awful. Uh, yeah, and I, ice cream. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, Jen, I love. Uh, uh, it, it's a, it's a challenge where it's exactly your birthday. I don't know how we do it for everybody, but it's everyone's birthday curse on the same day. Mm-hmm. I like a curse. Ooh. I, I mean, I love a Top Chef curse. I, they, they've done a version. Now I'm having the fever dream. I feel like they've done something that's like these are things that are hard on the show. Um, but yeah, ice cream machine and pressure cooker are like the two classic difficult machines you haven't used enough. Are there any? Yeah. Ice creams that need a pressure cooker first. Mm, you're like making a quick jam. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta jam this up, and then I'm gonna jam it into my ice cream. Yep. Normally, I would make this jam low and slow, but I gotta do it real fast to get it into this ice cream. Uh, yeah, there's that for sure. As I mean, the answer is certainly yes, but I'm not sure I want it. Well, too tough. Tough. You're getting it. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, I love that idea. By the way, great, great job. Um, finally, uh, we got a, a tip from Dave, um, who has a, found a potential Last Chance Kitchen snack food challenge winner. Oh. Um, and then he sent us a sort of terrifying uh, <laughs> blog post um, <laughs> written by uh, the vulgar chef uh, who has made ranch-flavored gummy bears. No! Oh. Oh. No With a Hidden that. Valley Ranch uh, powder. So. Oh, God. So if you want to oh. see a video of those being made, that's that's available. I want everyone to enjoy what they eat and and <laughs> God bless for it, but my stomach just actually flipped in my body hearing yeah, that. That's that is rough. Jesus. All right. Well, thank you everybody for writing in. If you have more uh, ideas for terrible quick fires, we'd love to keep hearing those. So Facebook, Twitter, and packyourmics.com. Lastly, before we go, it's time for No Chance Kitchen, where Valerie's husband uh, is forced to cook a food memory against Nini uh, from their childhood. Uh, Valerie's husband makes a, uh, a fish fillet reminiscent of his time hiking and fishing, which you'd think would ingratiate him to Tom more than it did. And Nini makes a chicken that should have been braised. And for that, Valerie's husband is the winner. Um, any thoughts on Last Chance Kitchen, you guys? No, it seemed pretty straightforward. I enjoyed yeah. that both of them had a clear idea and it nothing major majorly bad happened yeah nini actually mm-hmm. said she was proud of herself for not burning anything but she kept winning when she was burning stuff so i kind of think mm-hmm. that that, you might have missed yeah. your your off-ramp there well she didn't burn anything last week either and she won yeah she over eric oh okay maybe i was wrong then well anyway she didn't no, learn she anything that's the point it's good at burning uh but yeah yeah oh that, the the one thing that last chance kitchen had though was a great conversation uh between tom and valerie's husband about whether or not they could afford a second stool for him yeah, oh, yeah. That, was pretty good. that was probably the best part of that good. episode 
Also, seeing Eric in uh, street clothes, I would uh, veto a second stool. <laughs> be like, maybe we don't need one. Maybe we're just snuggling up. Hey, Eric, why don't you contort yourself for me? Shake it a little bit. Uh, it was like Where are you Eric. buying your sweaters, my fine friend? <laughs> I, I felt like I, there was like a retroactive, like I guess, like balancing of hankies from the week before because I saw that Eric was okay. Yeah, yeah, like I, I felt like it was like I got one hanky back. That was like my my hundred percent refund. That's my yeah. favorite thing about Last Chance Kitchen is seeing them on stools being okay, and it happens every week, and I love it. Um, yeah. Also, and then so I stop watching television, and I'm like, oh god, oh god, oh god, I need a Last Chance Kitchen for our reality. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah, the United States in 2021 is competing in last chance country. <laughs> nope, too harsh. Okay, well, I was just I was but hoping I could... say the vibe, the vibe in last chance kitchen this season season seems legitimately relaxed. Like, oh yeah, even like everyone's like, yeah, you know, I get back in or whatever. But <laughs> also, uh, yeah, okay. I wonder if that has to do with how and when they're filming it or something that's making them super chill, or, or maybe just that it's all stars. Yeah, I mean, that's such a good point, yeah. is that these are all people who are doing well already. Yeah, they've yeah. already proven themselves, pretty much. Other, other seasons... They're not just, like, yelling, remember this face through their eyes every <laughs> time they're on camera. Yeah, the wow. other seasons you have these chefs who are like, I gave up my restaurant, I gave up my marriage to be here, like, if this doesn't work out, I'm never gonna eat again. Like, these chefs are all gonna be okay. Also, I don't... I Really, like, one last thought is um, that I, I, had, I don't think we talked about yet. The prize this year is $250,000, which I guess I hadn't said whoa to in a little while, but that is a, that's a big prize. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's 40000 just for winning restaurant awards. Yeah. There's a lot, of, a lot of money getting thrown around. Yeah. The people are getting hyperinflation pretty soon, so it's not going to be worth anything. <laughs> Thank you, Ezra. I didn't want to be the only person who was too soon. Um, anyway, does he, okay, last chance, uh, before we go, bold predictions for the future. We had kind of an interesting coming up on where they didn't show us one episode. They showed us a little bit of everything. Um, oh, we didn't up. catch this. Okay, well, the only, one thing is they've shown us before, which is the finale is in Europe, which they told us like in the, pre, in the preview or the first episode, maybe. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. So they made a bigger deal uh, of that. The one, uh, this is not a bold prediction or a spoiler, but Carne. Yeah, we get Dario Cecchini back. Dario's back. Yes, that's right. That's what he. I recognized him when I was like, "Why do I enjoy?" And yeah, thank you. If you just have, just picture that his hands are holding knives that are absurdly large, and he's yelling "Carne." Yes, carne. <laughs> uh, I've got a bold prediction. Yeah. Uh, based on this uh, summer camp episode that's coming up, and Leanne's like history of getting the worst luck, I think Leanne's going to get some bad poison oak. Oh, oh no! No, no like she deserves if, better. If anyone's getting poison oak in that challenge. You're right. It's gonna be. Like, You're right. But oh my gosh, it's just like the American Girl doll book with Molly, where she's. Oh my god! Yes. yes. <laughs> color wars part. <laughs> uh, yep. I'm Everyone so else leave. This is now an American Girls podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to pack your dolls. <laughs> Very carefully in their trunks. Thank you. <laughs> With all their matching plates. I, uh, well, what looking at you, Samantha? Noses. Didn't you used to you used to have them go to school, right? Oh, we did. We have. Mine did not because I had the colonial one, Felicity. Yeah, oh, I love Felicity. <laughs> it was great. She helped free horses from abusive owners and oh, helped nice. her father's indentured servant go fight in the army. 
It's probably. Wait, I really going to send to an American Girl style. style I need to get back on track. I apologize. Well, on track just in time to leave. Any final uh, bold predictions for me? I have a bold prediction. I'm, so, uh, oh. one, uh, Kevin's coming back uh, out of last game's kitchen. Oh, yeah. And that is he's a doubling safe down on a family style uh, uh, serving because uh, I think he's realizing just the, the plates weren't big enough. So, he wants like full troughs for people now. So just like, mm. yeah, so you can serve 100 people out of one plate. Oh, man. <laughs> like it's and, actually uh, troughs. Yeah. You mean like he just feeds us like we're cattle? Yes. All right. This <laughs> has been done, though. Uh, at Sarah's cousin's wedding, they had like six-foot gutters no. filled with nachos that were just walking through <gasps> the seated dinner portion. Oh. It was rad. I did love it. Is that rad? rad? <sighs> yeah, it was. It was very cool. There's two people walking around with like – the it it was a trough. It was a gutter. Wait, wait, it was so, a clean piece of gutter. But filled with just, there were people I, holding it and it. serving you from it. You didn't have to put your face into it. No, they they were holding it, and then you could they had utensils like spaced out within it, so you could scoop it onto. Okay, a that's bad. I like this so much because there's it's like I feel like the service always want to get rid of their food, but this is much higher stakes if it's like actually very heavy. You yeah, know, really like come on, let's go a little, little more. Come on, go for the olives. <sighs> wow. I, I have a know. thing where if I see too much of a food, I don't want it anymore. <laughs> like large quantities of food, even sometimes on Top Chef when they have like an entire hotel pan of like one thing, I'm just like, sure. Ceases nope, to become nope, food nope, and nope, becomes nope, like nope, nope, product. Nope, 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 nope. Yeah. yeah, like I just can't. I can't. So do you feel that way about movie theater popcorn? So I get oh, that. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. I but mm-hmm. I, I like how I like how how it's made or whatever where they're like extruding pasta in very large quantities. I enjoy that. Well, so, I like process video. Like I like watching something happen, but I but like just being confronted with like every scallop you can get into like a terribly large container doesn't. Yeah, every once hunger. in a while on this show they'll go to like the big mixer, and it freaks me out a little bit. Or yeah, the big yeah. walk, or something where they have like <laughs> this is like we're gonna make forty two gallons of stir fry, and I was like, oh, that's, that doesn't seem fun anymore. It's too yeah. much. Yeah, it's too much too, to stir. It's too much. <laughs> All right. Well, My arms are real tired. <laughs> <laughs> well, if every if Kevin makes everybody eat with their faces out of a horse trough, we will talk about it on an upcoming episode of Pack Your Mics. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening. Thanks for getting in touch. We appreciate everybody who writes into Megan's mailbag. You can keep doing that. PackYourMics.com and on Facebook and Twitter. And uh, we look forward to being with you guys again next week. Sorry this episode's a couple hours late. It was kind of a Mother's Day day. And so everyone... Um, you know, we, we celebrated it so much that we're getting this to you later than usual, but I'm sure your mom appreciates that about us. Anyway, Chris, pack your mics and go. Thanks for being here. Uh, as in Sarah. Thank you. Oh, it's so good to talk to you. Chris and Tanya. Uh Uh-huh. I've unwrapped the chairs and now I need help moving the giant white cabinet. I've found (laughs) many tiny belts to hold up my dress. (laughs) I did like that cabinet. It really brought the room together. I did like when the, when they were first looking at it. I was like, I like that cabinet, but you can't afford that. And then Megan pointed out that it's a rental, and they could afford it, so it's cool. And uh, thanks for being with us, new Sarah and Kyle. Sorry. It's it's good. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I think uh, uh, check check out the internet for uh, American Girl Chats coming soon. <laughs> I'm sure. Oh my god! Please book me as a guest. <laughs> Um, I would be interested in that. And I like the thing about that podcast is you could also sell uh, an accompanying book of the same episode. Oh, that's so wow. true. So much, so many accessories. So many accessories so many for the tiny, podcast. Perfect, historically accurate 
accessories. Um, thank you for being a, a founding host of this new show, Megan. And great talking to you. Great talking to you. Um, and uh, yeah, that's that's it for our, that's it for us. Thank you guys so much. See you next week. Bye. Nope. That's the other show. <laughs> <laughs> the Sorry. new vibe. Bye. Ooh, chill. That's